Welcome on in to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the Weber State Athletics Podcast. I am Paul Grua. Today we are joined in the office at the D Event Center by Jody Lake, the longtime director and manager of the D Event Center, who is retiring after 40 years, 40 years. of working at the D Event Today's Center. Today's my Jody. last day. And we're here on your last day. My last day. We waited till the very end to get this podcast <laughs> in, right? So many of uh, our fans are going to enjoy hearing, you know, the history of, of, of you and your, your background, but also about the, the number of things that have taken place at this, at this wonderful building that is such a, a blessing to the community here of, of Ogden and Weber County. I mean, is it hard? It's probably impossible for you to put into words what this building means to you. Yeah, I think personally is um, tugging at the heart, but... Um, what it means to the community, I think, is most impressive. Um, I think of all of the community members, all of the students, all of the student athletes, all of the staffs that, that we've been able to impact their lives with this facility. And, and I also think back when we didn't have this facility and the community came together and um, saw a need to build this and and here we are it was finished in 1977 so here we are that many years later and it's still such a vibrant part of the community how lucky are we and that's I think those things that um, are are most enduring and endearing to me yeah for sure Mm -hmm. you know it as you said, built in 1977, obviously, you know, most of our fans, of course, know it as basketball, and we've had some tremendous basketball games and jazz games and NCAA tournaments, and we're going to get get into some of that, but beyond that, of course, I would imagine there aren't many people here in Weber County or even northern Utah that haven't been to this building for some sort of event, whether it's a graduation of the university, whether it's high school graduations, concerts, religious events there's so many things and you know we're going to go into some of these things that maybe people don't remember have been here uh but just to name a few alabama clint black the beach boys sawyer brown johnny cash bill cosby kenny g this is more than a few we got yeah chris ledoux imagine Uh dragons Uh fleetwood mac barry manilow bett midler willie nelson colin ray leanne rhymes george Strait, the taylor swift james taylor the New York Philharmonic, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and Widespread Panic are just a few. Just a few. <laughs> In addition, there have been you know, speakers and dignitaries to speak. Neil Armstrong, Christopher Reeve, Jake Garn, Larry Miller, John Huntsman, John Wooden, mm-hmm. as yeah. well as, as religious leaders have mm-hmm. uh, spoken here. It's right. amazing, all in this building. It is. It's amazing for Ogden... Um, to be able to have the opportunity to have those great um, performances and events and competitions and speakers come come here where it's so easily accessible and um, to all of our community, it's just it's just a gem and and we don't take it for granted yeah. for a second. We um, you know we've had events that. Uh, like we've had police officers and, and military funerals, and, and those really tug at your yeah. heart. But what a great thing for the community to step forward and support. And, and um, a couple years ago, we were an evacuation center for a fire emergency that we had in the South Ogden area. And 
Um, we had multiple uh, elementary schools yeah. that were brought here so our families could come pick them up after they were put under an evacuation. And what a great thing for this community to be, to be able to have. To yeah. have and, um, and to see those families that were affected come to a welcoming, nice place and receive information from um, about the fire and about the uh, tragedies that were happening in their life. So we had a community health H1N1 clinic. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, we had a, a panic a while ago about that, and so we were able to, to help our community with that as well, too. We've had oh, our high school graduations. How cool is it to be here and to see um, families be able to come together and celebrate graduations, and, and, and I've seen some families where that's the first uh, graduate in their family. Yeah. How awesome for them to be able to do that. And of course, our university commencements and convocations. The, the stories are endless about um, the struggles and the pride that they have in, in finishing their degrees here and moving on in their life. So yeah. we, we, are, we are just absolutely blessed to have this facility. Well, and all these stories that you've been a part of for so many of these. <laughs> so let's talk about concerts first. Now, okay. Nowadays, you kind of out, maybe it's, I don't know if it's safe to say, but you're kind of out of the concert business to a degree because of the way things have changed. But back in the 80s and 90s, you had a lot of concerts. We did. We had a lot of concerts. And back in the 80s and 90s, um, the economy was doing well. And it kind of was um, uh, a lot of things that were happening. The economy was well. Performers weren't asking as much as they are now. And then the production to be able to put on those concerts wasn't as professional and expensive as it is now. Yeah. And, and, and we did a lot of concerts and we were able to support them financially, but as that changed over the years, it's really hard for the institution to make the decision to financially take on something that um, may not be successful. Right, right. But how do how, I mean, how do you go about getting you know Alabama or the Beach Boys or Johnny Cash and some of those in back in the day? How did they yeah. come here? Well, you have an aggressive marketing uh, person like our students wanted to be able to have that as part of their university life, and so the students stepped up big time and were able to um, contact booking agents and say, you know, we have a date, we'd like to have a concert for homecoming or the end of the year or whatever, and then they contact a booking agent and they see who's on tour. Mm -hmm. And somebody who may be going through from the Midwest to the East Coast or to the Northwest, um, is it feasible, is it drivable, is it doable, mm -hmm. or if not, do we fly somebody in and add to that expense? So it, it uh, availability, the availability of the center, um, the interest financially, um, to be able to do that kind of have to come together. That's how it starts. Yeah. What, what memories of concerts do you have? Uh, you know, I've been thinking back uh, on a lot of that. Um, there are the really big things that a lot of people see and celebrate and remember, and there are a lot of small things. The big things, of course, we had Metallica at the stadium. Yeah. And, and you know, talk. Can't imagine that. Yeah. yeah, it was massive, it was huge, and so many people helped us. But, but what I took away from that was it terrified me at first to, to, to put that concert on here at Weber, but the students wanted it, they were excited about it, but they were 
one of the most professional groups and organizations I've ever worked with. Mm. They really had a desire to not leave a footprint here at Weber, even though their stage was massive. It was brought in trucks from Colorado Springs, and, and we had to cover the field because we didn't want to do any damage to the field, and we were worried about doing damage to the track. And, and they didn't hesitate to build big bridges over our track so it didn't ruin our track. And, and, it, and they spent a lot of money here protecting our infrastructure and they were nothing but supportive of Weber State. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's those big things and there's the small things that I've been thinking about. I remember many, many, many years ago, um, we had Johnny Cash and of course it was a great concert and he had his accountant come to me after the show and ask how we did financially with the ticket sales and what our expenses were. And, and I think I must have said, well, you know, unfortunately I'm not sure that we've met all our expenses. And he says, well, what do you think you lost? And I told him, I gave him a figure and I didn't think anything more of it. And probably about a week later, I got a registered um, package with an envelope uh, in it with a personal check from Johnny Cash <laughs> paying us back wow. that significant amount of money that I had said. And I, to this day, regret cashing that check and turning it into our cashier's office. I wish I would have kept it because I, in my mind, I still can see that, that amount and his signature and what a class act yeah. to do. What a neat thing to do. That's neat. You know, it takes a lot of work behind the scenes and uh, to put on a concert, of course, in a oh, venue like this. You know, oh, yeah. you're kind of built with basketball maybe in mind, but you yes. have to change things around and tickets and all that. But, <laughs> Uh, but did you have a chance to even even interact or at least get to meet some of these legends that have come through? E, e, some. Um, it depends on when they arrive. Sometimes they'll fly in and they, they're here um, with very little time to, to other than just get off their transportation, come in, do the show, and then get back on the plane. And oftentimes they're home before our staff gets home at night. But... Um, yeah, I met Willie Nelson, and, and what, um, what a, a gentleman. He was uh, kind and cared about everybody around him, and, and I appreciated that. Um, widespread panic, no matter what anybody thinks about widespread panic, they um, were very cordial and very nice, and there were others that weren't. There were others that didn't want to have a lot of people around them. But I think I, I have gained an appreciation for that because they want to be in the mindset of putting on the best show possible for the people that come. So they didn't want to meet a lot of behind-the-scenes people, yeah. and they didn't care about that. They cared about their fans, and, and, and I, uh, I think I've gained a deeper appreciation for that. Um, gosh, some of the other acts that we've had that I have memories. Oh. Gosh, I remember Johnny Mathis. <laughs> I got a request late in the afternoon for him to, for me to go down to his dressing room uh, for a request, and I thought well, everything's provided. You know, what's the problem? We got down there, and he told me that he would like to have a tuna fish sandwich, <laughs> and and wondered if I could get him one. And and the fastest thing I could think of was for me to go and get a can of tuna fish, run home, make him a tuna fish sandwich, bring it back to him. And that's what he wanted, and he was so kind and so gracious. And 
um, very respectful. And so there are a lot of those little things. Wow. They didn't sell those in the concession stand. No, they didn't sell those in the concession stand. <laughs> wow. And they weren't on the that's catering menu. Above, above and beyond there. But I'm sure Johnny Mathis remembers that. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty neat. You know, other events and, and even dignitaries that have spoken, like, like I mentioned a few of Neil Armstrong and Christopher oh, yeah. Reeve mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Jake Garn, John Wooden. I mean, do you John remember Wooden. some of these? Do you remember them coming I through? do. I remember him. I remember Bill Walton coming yeah. not very long ago. And I remember watching him walk down the tunnel. And, it, oh, he's much bigger in person yeah. than anybody I, I ever can imagine. Too, yeah. But he was, he was also very kind and very aware of his surroundings. And he actually walked into our building. And I think, Paul, you were here. And he was taken back by how beautiful it is. Yeah. And what a great basketball facility. And he said that. And that's not uncommon. You know, we get people that travel through and, you know, and say, boy, this is quite an, quite an event. And they remember the history of this basketball arena. And even NBA guys like him have at least known about the building. Right, right. Yeah. yeah For sure. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, there have been some great dignitaries that have, that have been here and numerous religious leaders mm-hmm. and religious concerts, devotionals, and events like that have have been there, so it's certainly been a part of the community, no question. We're so lucky. On the basketball side, uh, you've hosted or were part of four NCAA tournaments. Yeah, right, Which is amazing. It is, yes. And now, you know, things are so big, they're all going to NBA arenas. Sure, yeah. But back then, boy, those were neat events, weren't they? They were great events. I remember... Oh, my gosh, Jimmy Valvano and... Um, in fact, in 83, they came through here when they yes, won. Yes, yes. The year they won at NC State and Ralph Sampson in Virginia. And, I mean, there were some great players there and were, great teams. Yeah, great players. I remember we had to uh, bring in a whole team of carpenters to build out the press area because we've never had or needed that size of a footprint for, just to house the press. And... and you know, everybody stepped up. Everybody on our campus stepped up and did that, and and um, to host those events. And you know, when it's game time, you you have everything in place, but you worry about the lights and the power and the scoreboard, and and so you try to take it all in, and you try to to be caught up in the moment of being a fan, which is is great. And you're so grateful for all the hands that have done the work to put the shows on. Yeah. That's, it's really remarkable, though, for a school our size to host that four times. It hosted in 80, 83, 86, and 94. And, uh, you know, North Carolina and, and yeah. Dean Smith came through here. And mm-hmm. Jason Kidd came through here and played. And I remember Dean Smith. I'm pretty sure it was Dean Smith. Um, of course, the NCAA assigns hotel space based on their ranking. And... Um, I'm not sure of the whole story, but Dean wanted to get away from, I think, a lot of the pressure of of being in the moment of an NCAA tournament at that level, and he went up to Wolf Creek mm. and and housed his team up there and got them away. And, and I heard so many comments from his staff about how beautiful, and they had no idea that the West and especially Ogden and Utah could be so beautiful and and that's that's the thing that that I remember was talked about significantly are the bringing those teams here to this area and they were just in awe of what we have here yeah 
Brad Larson, the longtime sports information director, said, tells the story of Dean Smith wanted a place to smoke during a game. So he put in the copy room downstairs. Yes, he did. Well, we found a little Now place it's called the Dean Smith smoking room. Dean Smith smoking yeah. room, exactly. But, you know, like you mentioned, uh, 83, the NC State team came through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the number of media and the demand to host events like that uh, truly is remarkable. And Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of Utah Jazz games, I think up to 12 Jazz preseason games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had great support from the Miller organization um, and some staff that, that were key individuals on the Jazz at the time. And, and they wanted to, to take the team out into the community and and give them an opportunity to see the team and for them to bring their families and to be able to afford to bring their families. Um, I have uh, some great memories of those players coming in and and what they put up with with the the press being around them and everybody wants to get the, them and then see them after a game and of course there's fans are, are all around the buses and I, I and I remember seeing um, two uh, jazz players who everybody knows and and one of them had a pair of shoes in his hand and he signed the shoes and he, as the crowd was coming around him, he made his way through and he found somebody who seemed to be, I don't know, maybe five or six with a jazz jersey on and he reached out and handed those shoes, signed autographed shoes to that little boy. And I have often wondered if he knew what that player went through to give that to him. It was pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely neat to see all those events. Uh, plus of course the, the the basketball from the Weber State oh, side, yeah. uh, numerous Big Sky tournaments and just mm -hmm. memorable, memorable games. And there's a lot of reasons why, you know, maybe attendance has changed. But back in the in the early '80s, I mean, the, the place was rocking, wasn't it? For, it, for yeah, Weber State, yeah. Games. And you know, it still is. It still is, and yeah. it still is. One of the things that I wish everybody had the opportunity to see as I have is, is you know, there's those great, wonderful moments when it's exciting and we, we win and we get to go on to a tournament or we get to, to, to host a Big Sky Conference or whatever. You know, you see those and you see the players after celebrating and, and being with their families, celebrating on the floor after and walking out and what it took for them to get to that point. But the thing that, that touches me and I will always remember are the, the um, moments when we didn't win and we were expected to and the players gave it everything they had and it didn't turn out the way it was supposed to be and to watch them walk up the tunnel carrying that burden on their shoulder and it, it, it's a heavy burden and a heavy load and 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 to see them come back in early 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 the next morning after a devastating loss and and on their own, come back in and, and just practice, shoot. And um, before, even before they'd go to class, along with the burdens of going to class and being a student athlete, you know, they have this burden to carry. And they'd, they'd straighten their shoulders and they'd stand tall and they'd come back and, yeah. and practice again and, and for hours and hours. And I have great memories of Damien when Damien um, had his foot injury and all of Ogden was devastated and heartbroken and so was he not n nothing more than he was and and I remember him asking if he could come in and shoot on his own and he would sit in a chair 
at the free throw line for hours and um, shoot with a, he couldn't stand. And, and finally he did that for months and nobody was there. There was nobody there to watch him or pat him on the back or and he did it on his own. And um, you know, that, that's really special. I think that, that goes to the caliber of certainly who he is and, and we're, we were so lucky to have him here, but I saw those times. In fact, I said to him, Damien, I said, listen, you don't need to ask me if you can come in and practice early in the morning or late at night. Let me show you how you turn the lights on and, and I'll, I'll, you can come in and do that. And he did that on his own for months at a time. Those, those kind of things are, I wish everybody could see that. Yeah, I agree. It's neat to be, you know, when there's big games, we've all had so many big games and there's excitement around the community and, and you get in there, you know, several yeah. hours before, like you and your staff do, and just think this is pretty neat. You know something big's going to come. And then after the fact, when everybody leaves, you know, to kind of be around and right, right. just see the atmosphere. And, and the coaches, you yeah. know, both our men's and our women's coaches, they were the... I'd like to say that we were the last ones to leave the building after a game, but we weren't. It was the coaches. Mm -hmm. The coaches and all of the coaches that were still here going over the game. What was what went right? What went wrong? What do we need to prepare for? Tomorrow's a new day. Let's get ready and go. And um, I, I oftentimes wonder how their families um, have the endurance to support that throughout the season because they, we left the lights on for them because we knew they'd still be here. You you develop so many relationships though with with coaches mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and, and with staff and, and and even people on campus. Of course, those are I'm sure things you'll you definitely oh. take with you. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I I don't want to single any of our coaches out because they've all been amazing and and what they give to their profession is life-changing to me because I see the dedication and the work it takes to be at this level and I applaud all of them but you know our administration and the support that that Weber State administration has for this building you know it's difficult to to keep a building up it takes a lot of money uh, roofs will leak and stairs will separate from the building and cement will need repairing and major infrastructure parking lots need to be redone and repaired and 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 the people walk into this building every day and say this was built when yeah they can't believe how well it looks and how well it's maintained and it takes a major commitment by our administration to keep it that way and i really applaud so many people who have had a hand in doing that they really care about this building and what it means to the community and not just the institution but what a gem we have here we couldn't do it if we didn't have that kind of support both um, financially and infrastructure and looking long term down the road you know in so many years we'll we'll need to look at replacing the roof and and they plan for that and so the state and and weber state administration um have been yeah. they show their commitment to this place what about the hamburger roof they used to call it, right? Yes, it to... <laughs> yes, it was. You know, back in the time, I, I don't know the actual material that they used to put put on the roof and to build it with, but um, that was changed due to, you know, age and years. And think about that, this massive 
expanse out in the sun every day and what that does. And so we put on a copper roof and um, that took a lot of um, a lot of investment and some time and some forethought. So yeah, that we've I remember that. Yeah, you and I love to look through these old oh photos gosh, of, yes, of the old building and, yes. and concerts and different things. It's yes. pretty neat. You know, and you've been a part of this history for, for most of it. And mm-hmm. you and I have talked a little bit. In fact, we celebrated the what, 40th anniversary of the building right. a couple of years ago. A couple ago. years but ago, yeah. The fact that a building like this was built, and at the time in 1977, it was, what, 11 point something million dollars. Yeah, it was $11.5 million. And, 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 a, and a building this size, 11,000 plus seats, really remarkable. It is, it is. And you know, I gotta, I have to say, they didn't just pick out 11,000 seats, 11,615 to be exact. Oh, there but, you go. Yeah. But, they, but, but those people that planned it and, and um, started the funding for that didn't, didn't just pick that number out of a hat. They really did a lot of research in going around the country to look at facilities and saying, okay, what size of facility should we have for what we want it to be built for? And um, how many dressing rooms do we need? How much storage space do we need? What kind of staging do we need? What kind of light system do we need? What kind of sound system do we need? And so it was very strategic. And I really have to hand it to many people early on who had the vision to say, what were we built for? What do we want it to do? How long do we want it to stand? And it was it was built with um, student fees. It was built with bonds. It was built with um, uh, benefactor donations. Everybody had a hand in building this facility. And in fact, this morning I was reading through the dedication um, that was given in ni- November of 1977. And... Uh, at the time, uh, it, it was, I'll just read it to you, it was really interesting. It said, caught in a vortex of spiraling inflation and increased building costs, the need uh, up to $2.5 million in funds became apparent. And, and I had forgot about that, that in the late 70s and early 80s, we as an economy were dealing with massive inflation. And so what they originally thought of when they first put it on paper and said, yeah, we think we can, with all the support, we can do this. And then the economy really started, mm-hmm. inflation hit, and what that did to them, I can't imagine that it was anything but, I mean, I bet their hearts yeah. just sunk. we're a couple million dollars short. We're a couple yeah. million dollars short. How are we going to do this? And um, so everything just came together not by a miracle, but by people who really got in and got behind it. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, the Stewart family, the D family, all oh, uh, you yes. know, they're a huge part of it. But there's yes. certainly many others. You know, we had the chance to visit with Dean Hurst uh, a little while ago, uh, who was a vice president at the time, yes. right? And and a big part of, of yes. how the building was came to be and this land up here, which is and the fact that we have such a big parking lot, we're so lucky to have that, and all the things that the space that we have up here is. Oh, it's truly ab- remarkable. Absolutely. There's some fun facts that people may not be aware of. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, the, this, the expanse of the roof and the weight of the roof. And it's really unique because it's a wooden dome, um, which is is very unique in how it was built. And there's very few facilities 
especially now that that have a wooden structure but to this day it still is in excellent condition and it just it was built with um, quality construction so it was um, it sits on three acres mm -hmm. and um, the dome itself is um, the apex of the roof from the floor to the roof is 101 feet above the floor and it's um, the dome itself has a surface area of 3,000, or excuse me, 83,000 square feet, or approximately two acres. So if you wow. took it and dropped it, it would be two acres. Just the the dome. Just part. the dome wow. itself, yeah. The dome, the dome, <laughs> wow. and the total weight of the dome, including the roof, is slightly over a million pounds. And um, it's uh, uh, we've had some upgrades to it. We've unfortunately had some um, water damage to the floor. We replaced the floor once. One, another time we had um, some water damage. It was not uh, replaced, but we were able to repair the, the floor. The floor is unique too. It's a, a permanent hardwood maple playing floor, which um, I've heard many times is the best kind of playing floor for basketball there is. And, when we do other events on the floor, we take um, a lot of work in covering it and protecting it because it's really quite unique and it's a beautiful floor to play on. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've hosted numerous high school championships, and even uh -huh. including this year, and, and everybody seems to say, yeah, the, the, the floor is, uh, the, the building, the facility is, is a tremendous facility. And we hear that too. I can't believe it's, it's, you know, 40 years old or, or more. Right. And that, the credit to you, a lot of that, is that you've kept it in good shape. Well, uh, we care about it. Everybody who has a part, many, many hands, many staff, m many um, people who have had administrative decisions over this facility care about it very deeply and love it. And it'll be here for years to come. Yeah. You know, it was $11.5 million uh, at the final cost. And to even think about replacing it, we couldn't sustain it. No. And, um, and so we're, we're proud of it. We hope the community's proud of it. We hope the institution is proud of it. But it's, it's the events that's happened here. It's the lives that have yeah. been changed here and the memories. Absolutely. We did a thing when we did turn 40, we put on social media and they, we said, send us your, great, your memories of this building. And I hope that that continues. Yeah. I hope we're still making memories uh, well we love, into the we future. We love to share those old photos yeah. and things of, that have happened here. This is, this is part of it. We're talking with Jody Lake, who's retiring today, actually, <laughs> after 40 years of working mm -hmm. at the event center. A little bit of, of background on you then, of where you, you grew up and how you got, got to here. How I got here, I um, am local. I'm a local Utah girl. I grew up in Morgan and then went to Utah State for a year, and then I needed to, um, I figured out that going to college is something that takes an investment, and so I needed to find a job. And so after uh, a couple small jobs that didn't last long, I saw an ad in the paper, believe it or not, to be a secretary receptionist to, at the time, the director, Dale Gardner. And I applied for the job. And you know, I think the minute that I walked in and visited with Dale in the first 10 minutes, I felt at home. 
and so that's how I actually started. Wow. Yeah, and. Um, and Dale was the first director. Dale of the was building, the first director. And he of had the been athletic director. Yes, before yes, now, yes, right? yes, yes, then, yes, which is great. Um, Dale came over from the athletic department, but what he brought with him was the knowledge of what it really took to build this caliber of a facility for um, athletics. And, and I give Dale an awful lot of credit for doing the homework and having that knowledge of really building this facility. There are no zero obstructed seats in this facility and that's quite rare because of, of how facilities are constructed and, and the support needed. Yeah. So it, it, him having that athletic background and that administrative savvy to be able to do all of this Jim Folger was a key um, instrumental to this building, as was Dean Hurst, yeah. and and there's there's many many others that that were very instrumental. Well, that's pretty remarkable. Like you mentioned, you can sit on row thirty nine. Yes. And row one, there's really not a bad seat. There's not a bad seat anywhere. Yeah, and and we're still um, we're still thinking about ways to improve. And um, again, the administration has. The vision to be able to to put the finances and the infrastructure in place to be able to make it a great experience. Yeah, and we've got the new the new video ring that, that was donated from the the Jazz a yep. few years mm -hmm. ago, and mm -hmm. I'll tease a little bit that new scoreboards will be new coming. New scoreboards so will be excited. coming. New video yes. boards. Yes, which yes, will really enhance yes. I hope it's a shout out to everybody. They will want to be a part of a, an upcoming exciting athletic season, not just a football, which yeah. we're all. all Football excited also about, boards, but also basketball, basketball yes. as well here. Uh, tell us about your family and what and what you're looking forward to in, in retirement. What I'm going to be doing. <laughs> um, I We have two boys, and uh, one of them is, both of them are unfortunately out of the state. Uh, I wish that was different. There just should be something when your, your kids grow up and start to have families that there should be something. They should be within driving distance. They are not. We have one that is uh, just about to embark on his master's degree at Sam Houston State in Texas. And then one that um, in, lives in um, Nashville with his family. Uh, we have four grandchildren, two are tw uh, set of twins and two others. They're very young and I credit um, their sweet mom for being able to have four under four <laughs> at home and doing that. And So yes, I am really looking forward to being a grandma and, and being able to spend some really good quality time visiting with them and getting to know them better. Really looking forward to that. And of course, everybody says they want to travel, and uh, I do, but I've never, this position has afforded me a great opportunity to be able to travel a yeah. lot, yeah. but I've never yet gone anywhere where I found that I wanted to uh, stay there and not come back home. This is home to me. I love the mountains. I love the location. I love the cool mountain air, and anytime I go, I start counting the days to where I come back. And yes, I will be one of those fans up in the stands. Yeah, what do you think that's going to be cheering like? Cheering for the Wildcats. You know, I'm really, I'm really starting to work hard on. I'm not going to worry about power or lights or uh, the weather outside and whether our fans are going to be able to get home safely. I'm going to be able to focus on the game and 
and learn a lot of things that I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's probably something that fans don't necessarily appreciate or understand that the number of things it does take to place to take to put a game on of the number of ushers and yeah again facilities with weather like you said or right. whatever it is it really is a lot it is yeah. a lot it takes a lot of people to contribute to having a successful event for our staff um, yeah so I'm I'm really looking forward to be able to focus on I said to uh, Car Carla Taylor, who's um, a, a good friend of mine and, and uh, one of our coaches, and I said, CT, I want you to come sit by me at a game so you can teach me what this game really is about. Because I've focused on so many other things over the years that I'm, I'm anxious to learn, you know, why did a ref make that call instead of me just being angry that they made the call? Why did they do that? And I'm looking forward to that. There you go. <laughs> As we wrap it up, Jody, thank you for your time today, and I appreciate you, and you've been so supportive to us, to the university, to athletics, and, and to our fans, and you've been behind the scenes, and you probably wanted it that way, right? Yes, Just very behind much so. the scenes. Yes, behind but the scenes, You have yeah. been a, a big part of, of, this, uh, of this building and of the success that we've had here at Weber State. Uh, as you walk through the building, and you know, maybe on your last day or, or so, and what do you think you're going to miss the most? I I think the effort of what the building does, what it stands for, what we want to be, the effort of the staff who care so much about it, of the administration. I'm gonna miss the excitement of opening the doors and seeing the community members, their their excitement of being here. I'm, I'm gonna miss seeing those graduates walk through and get their diplomas and the success. And I'm gonna miss seeing the effort uh, that, it, that it takes for student athletes to, to overcome adversity and to, and to see them. And, you know, I see, uh, I get the opportunity to see new recruits come in and big time recruits that we want to have here. They come in and they see the facility and they meet the, the staff, the coaching staff, and they want to be a Wildcat. And then to see them, what it really takes to succeed at this level and the commitment and to see how they mature and grow and then they go on and they move on in their life and I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a great place. You've been a big part of it. We, as a community and as a university, we're, as you say, extremely lucky to have this facility uh, and the condition that it is in, as you mentioned. And, and we appreciate you and, Thank and you. all your support. And Thank can't wait you. to see you at games Thank and cheer on oh, the Wildcats. Go Wildcats. I will always bleed purple. My heart will always be here. <laughs>